This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A Tennessee mom is arrested after killing her daughter she thought was an alien. A habitual hit and run driver kills five in Minnesota, and DC police are hot on the trail of a serial dog thief. These stories and more coming at you today, Monday, July 10th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. I hope you're doing that. What was the alien? Tennessee alien? Yeah, what? I'm doing that one. You're doing that one? Yep. Oh. Interesting. That's right. There's a Tennessee mom that was arrested for such a event. Let me get to it. Woody does the alien. You like the alien stories, do don't like you? Aliens, Looking forward he to believes that. in aliens. I do believe in aliens. Absolutely. You are not alone. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know any, though. You believe in them, but you don't personally. I've seen things. You've seen things. <laughs> I know some people I suspect might be aliens. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, interesting story coming at you today. How was everybody's weekend? It was good. It was good. And I want to throw this out there. Y'all were re- receiving a drop this week on... The 2023 Podcast Awards nomination, and the list is long and distinguished, so stay tuned to that. You'll get that in the next couple of days. We appreciate and love each and every one of y'all, and it'll have all the instructions and everything in it, and we'll explain everything to you, just like we do Every year. Every year. I've been beating that ass. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, and the stuff I'm not allowed to report report is up for best new segment in a podcast. <laughs> and yeah. we're looking forward in, to uh, all of you guys that pushing that hard. In alien universe that Mike lives in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's Anybody want some a green some egg crime. barbecue, by the way? Yeah, I have one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw mine into... Either the street or just blow. I hate that freaking thing. Yours works. Yeah. You know what well, you're doing. Uh, the big green eggs. I hate that tra- thing. I use the Traeger, but sometimes I'll I'll do, you know, like some syrup on the green egg and all that. I don't know how that's a whole lot more popular. work than the Traeger. I can promise you that. Yeah, and your hands get full right. of charcoal and everything. Right. I'm sorry, I brought that up because I screwed up another barbecue. Well, let's <laughs> yeah. let's get into some grime time. That's a crime. A man with a hit-and-run history has been jailed after a crash killed five young women mm. in Minneapolis. Uh, the man is serving a was previously serving a hit-and-run sentence in California until his release earlier this year, but he remains jailed pending charges after a crash in Minneapolis that killed five young women this past week. Yeah, uh, essentially what happened was uh, uh, a speeding driver, which was this gentleman, blew past a state trooper wearing a red light and slammed into a car. Uh, Derek Thompson, 27, of Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, was evaluated at a hospital and then booked into jail after the aftermath of the crash. The victims were all between 17 and 20 years old. That's crazy. They were returning home from a mall where they were preparing for a friend's wedding scheduled for the next day when their car was struck. California court records show that Thompson was released from a prison there earlier this year after serving part of an eight-year sentence for his conviction in a 2018 hit-and-run that severely injured a woman in Montecito, California. Minnesota court records also showed he was convicted twice of fleeing police in his own state. In Friday's crash, a state trooper spotted a speeding driver in Minneapolis. Around 10 o'clock p.m., the driver exited the highway before the trooper could attempt a traffic stop and crashed into another vehicle with four women and a young girl inside. All five died at the scene. Thompson ran from the scene. Officers searched the area before finally taking him into custody. And Minnesota court records show that Thompson is the son of former state rep John Thompson of St. Paul, Minnesota, who was a sharp critic of police during his one term 
in office. That's awful. Yeah, I mean, well, in in this particular situation, you know, this has happened. This is like four times now that this guy has crashed into people and severely injured them. Uh, At some point, you almost want to say, you just get your license revoked for life, man. I mean, well, did he not go to prison for life? He killed five people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's, Yeah. yeah, he's. Before they were they were just injured beyond belief, uh, which I say with no likeness. Five Uh, beautiful young lives destroyed. He probably wasn't even licensed to drive at that point after those crimes in California. Probably not. Probably not. It's a good point, and um, I'll tell you, it's it's an issue. Yeah, five young lives, and and they're getting ready for a wedding, right? And they're all dead. and now they're all dead. That's got to be that's got to be drugs too. Now they're getting ready for five funerals. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be something, right? The, uh, it's crazy. Our hearts go out to the victims' families, y'all. It's, it's unexcusable. So I'm gonna take you to South Carolina. And a 69 year old South Carolina woman was killed in an apparent alligator attack while walking her dog near a golf course on Hilton Head Island on Tuesday. Authorities responded to a report of a possible alligator attack in the Spanish Wales neighborhood of Hilton Head Island and found the woman's body at around 9.30 a.m. at the edge of a lagoon bordering a golf course, according to the sheriffs. The victim, who has not yet been identified, was a resident of this neighborhood. A sheriff's office release said rescue efforts were made and an alligator appeared and was guarding the woman, interrupting emergency efforts. Eventually, the alligator was safely removed from the area, and first responders were able to recover the woman's body. The attack marks the second fatal alligator attack in the county in less than a year, and an autopsy will be conducted by the Beaufort County Coroner's Office. So what happens, Mike, in case you don't know, maybe you do, that, um, when an alligator gets you, they don't eat you right away. They get you and they kill you and bring you down and they like put you in a log jam and they come back and eat, eat on you later on. But so he had already got her down and had her dead and was gardening his meal. And Horrible. It's, yeah, so 69 years old. Probably, the um, and it happens more commonly, that the alligators will attack small dogs and stuff. I miss Jerry. No, no, that dog, that dog lived. I know, I know. What I'm saying is that the dog was probably running around thinking water, and she saw it and maybe went to get it, and the gator snatched her. Horrible. You know, it. it they had uh, in Disney World, actually, yeah, I saw uh, where a young child was walking. You know, they have these lakes all around the Disney the World properties, yeah. these hotels, beautiful lakes. Uh Guy and a lady walking with their kid had had him by the hand, and an alligator, alligator jumped up and got him, snatched. And then they had to go back and put up signs now warning people to stay away from the edge of the water. Yeah, because you know that's awful. Millions of dollars, but it will bring that baby back. Can they not in those? That's a gated community. Can they not uh, just have them taken away by? Mm, uh, they they should, but they're always going to come back. I mean, swamp basically. Uh, uh, but I mean, in Louisiana, you like we have one in Lafayette last week. That a um, couple had just moved there. I think maybe New Iberia. The couple had just moved there, and they, they hear their dog barking inside their house. Gator came through the dog door. No. Yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Uh, so it's Ugh. just going to happen. Uh, um, but in Louisiana, if there's there's an alligator season. And you have to draw tags for it for the month of October only. But um, you have a right to defend yourself or your property, your dogs. If you see one, they call them nuisance gators. You can shoot them and call it in and report it. Yeah. That's what some, some people do. Wow. Mm. Well, the doggy lived. That is the good news out of uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, out of that story. The only good news out of it. And let's hope that the two doggies I'm going to talk about here. Um, Will uh, will live as well. Police in Metro Washington D.C. are searching for suspects after two French bulldogs were stolen from their owner, and in a separate incident, a suspect attempted to steal a dog from another owner. Police believe the two incidents are connected. A victim was walking their dog on Monday at about ten thirty in the morning in the southwestern southwest D.C. area when the suspect tried to steal her dog. The Metro Police Department said in a press release, the suspect made an unsuccessful attempt to take the dog and assaulted the victim before running 
from the scene. When, when officers arrived at the scene, the victim said she was walking her dog in the 400 block of M Street Southwest when a male suspect approached her and asked if he could pet her dog. She allowed him to pet her dog, but she tried to walk away when she started to feel uncomfortable with him. The suspect then came up from behind her and grabbed the leash as she was walking. The suspect and the victim struggled for control of the leash until witnesses yelled at him. He let go of the leash and he fled. A surveillance camera showed the suspect in the vehicle he escaped in. He is described as a black male between the ages of 14 and 17, about 5'10", 5'11". He was wearing a black ski mask, dark colored shirt and shorts and sneakers. In a similar incident that occurred at about 10.30 a.m. Monday, the victim was walking two French Bulldogs on V Street Southwest when a car stopped at the corner and three people exited the car and approached him. The victim said the suspects made small talk about the dogs, a year and a half-old male named Uno and a five-month-old female named Cartier, before one of the suspects ordered him to surrender the dogs. When he refused, the suspect attacked him and he fell to the ground. The suspect pulled out a handgun and told the victim, I'll effing kill you. The suspect took the first dog off of the leash and grabbed the second dog, which was not on a leash, before fleeing in the vehicle. Police are asking the public to help find the suspect and the vehicle and are offering a reward of up to $10,000 to anyone who provides information that leads to an arrest and conviction. Lest you think these crooks are going after cheap prizes, according to Lemonade.com, which knows about such things, a purebred French bulldog can cost between $1,500 and $8,000. The more uh, rare the coat color, um, they command higher prices and can be $8,000 and up for the more rare colors, which I think Uno would qualify for. We have pictures of Uno and Cartier here, mm. but this was a popular crime in uh, in California when I was there. That oh, uh, uh, throughout Hollywood, people would uh, would steal small dogs, and this this breed in particular was right. popular. Hopefully, I mean, the they get their doggies back. Thing that blows my mind about that whole story is they're just going flat up to people mm. when the dog's on the leash yeah. and saying, "Give me your dog." This isn't one that ran off from a house and somebody right. just pulled over and snatched it. Right. Uh, horrible. I mean, yeah, dogs they, are like family. It, cats like family dog, to some people. And we raise spring, uh, spring, English spring or spaniels. But if you have a dog like that and, and like ours, are grand national champions, put a chip on them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, eventually somebody's going to take that dog to the vet and it's going to scan and, and it'll get returned to the right. Yeah. They don't mention it here, but I would, I would think at, uh, you know, what these dogs cost that somebody's put yeah. a chip in them, but we'll, yeah. we'll they didn't. They wish they had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually, you'll you'll find them with your your purebreds. I mean, I have a Dotson that's she she's fifteen years old now, but oh, happy Crazy. still kicking like like she's you know right. five years old. It's awesome. So, um, uh, like family to us, and and just horrible. I hope to catch the guy. Sounds like a serial. Dog yeah, snatcher. That's how they make their living, right? Yeah. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. 
Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. So a 30-year-old man was arrested after police found three deceased individuals inside an apartment unit as they were responding to a different stabbing call. Officers were called to an apartment complex after receiving a call about an armed man attacking people. When they arrived, they found someone inside the leasing office suffering from non-threatening injuries. Officers learned that the suspect, Spencer McDonald, lived with two other people in an apartment. And when they conducted a welfare check, they found three deceased victims. Police arrested McDonald on three counts of open murder with a deadly weapon and an account of attempted murder. Police said that the apartment leasing office asked two maintenance workers to conduct a welfare check at the unit where the victims were found deceased. The two men had a key. They walked into the apartment. The maintenance workers saw the apartment was disheveled, and they noted it was a crime scene. McDonald uh, immediately confronted the maintenance workers and attacked them. McDonald was reportedly found holding a, uh, some mace or and a large sledgehammer-type instrument. The other maintenance worker is believed to have been killed. Las Vegas Police Department's homicide unit responded and took over the investigation. The, the other two victims are a male and female who are related. They are identified as 43-year-old Andrew Graydon and 45-year-old Christopher Braceard. Graydon was killed by blunt force trauma, and Braceard died from multiple sharp force injuries, which I would imagine a stabbing. Uh, the third victim's ID is yet to be announced pending next of kin uh, right. notification. Las Vegas, huh? Las Vegas, and you're, and you're getting a call for one thing, and you end yeah, up right. finding three dead bodies. Yeah. You know, going to basically a disturbance call. So, Unreal. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh well, let's move on to Tennessee. And this is a story that Jim alluded to earlier. A 65-year-old woman was arrested this week after she stabbed and killed her daughter and left her body on the street. Memphis Police Department officers went to a home in Memphis and found an unresponsive woman in the driveway covered in blood, suffering from multiple stab wounds. There was a trail of blood from the carport leading to the street. Memphis Fire Department paramedics um, pronounced the victim dead. Uh, it was Kanju Garrett. And Memphis police reportedly spoke with Kanju's mother, Carolyn Garrett, who said she killed an alien who was trying to take her children. Oh right? Garrett's son reportedly told police that she told him she killed the devil. Police arrested Garrett, and while speaking with investigators, she said she heard some voices coming from the wall telling her to kill her daughter. Garrett 
retrieved a knife from the kitchen and then started uh, started cutting Kanju Garrett on the back of her neck and back area. Then she reportedly dragged her to the street and left her on the curb. Now, this is a 65-year-old lady, y'all. Jesus. Garrett cleaned up the blood inside the home and left the towels and sheets she used outside. And, damn, Kanju Garrett lived with a disability and could not walk the victim. Awful. So she was booked, y'all, uh, on a half-million-dollar bond and charged for a screen murder. How old was the dog? 65 years old. The woman that's still in it. has got to be some type of, of, you would hope. Drugs. It's not drugs. No, I'm thinking like some type of dementia or something like that. Some kind of, right. They, 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 I don't know. I mean, you kill your disabled child in such a brutal man. But, I mean, she told them straight up, the voices made me do it, right? I don't know. Crazy, and then a defenseless. Even though it's an adult, had had disability and couldn't walk. Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, people are just getting crazier and crazier. Um, this, this crime, this thing shocked me. Um, I don't. Even, I guess we don't officially know um, exactly what happened here, but let me give you what they do know. A professor who was investigating the strange death of a beached sperm whale, discovered 21 pounds of extremely valuable whale vomit. What? Whale vomit. A scientist in the Canary Islands discovered a 21-pound lump of whale vomit worth over half a million dollars. What? In the intestines of a beached sperm whale. Antonio Fernandez, a professor from the University of Las Palmas, was inspecting the dead sperm whale at Nogales Beach when he found a huge clump of what is called ambergris in it. Ambergris is a rare and highly sought after secretion produced in the digestive system of sperm whales. And it's typically only found in around one out of a hundred specimens. Ambergris is valued in the perfume industry for its distinct odor and scarcity. And it's often called the treasure of the sea or floating gold. Never heard of it. Scientists believe the substance is excreted by sperm whales when they eat cephalopods, such as squid and octopus, and cannot, cannot digest the beaks of their prey. These remains are often vomited out, but sometimes they can mix with waxy substance in the intestines to produce ambergris. It is unknown whether the whale was intentionally beached by poachers specifically targeting ambergris, but that is what is suspected, and the investigation is ongoing. I've heard back, you know, they were killing whales for yeah. uh, uh, for do- uh, uh, Pet foods and stuff. I've never, ever heard of anything like this. Sperm whales for the value of. You said one out of 100 has a hell, they have to kill a a, a lot of sperm whales. To find one. But I guess you find that one worth half a million dollars. Well, I don't know if there's something that tips it off, that there's some kind of tip off uh, 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 that you can just. See from the whale when you uh, when you look at it. I don't know, but I'd never heard of this or anything that is that valuable. But I mean, to think that that puke from a whale becomes perfume, and then we're attracted to that. You wouldn't believe, like uh, in South Louisiana, we have pogey plants where it's a big industry, and it's the most rotten smell you ever want to smell in your life besides a dead body. But they they use it mainly for perfume. It's crazy, right? Well, you know, and and uh, whales, I mean, for centuries were hunted for their blubber because right. it was used as fuel. Right. Um, but I've never heard of <laughs> they, I, hunting I, their watch, puke. I watch uh, Wicked Tuna, and they show where the whales actually, um, when they get on the, the bait fish, like sand eels and squid or whatever, and they go in circles, and they blow up so many bubbles, it actually funnels the bait up to mm-hmm. the top and they come up and eat it. You know, it's it's crazy to me, though, as, as I think about this, because, uh, you know, someone had to discover that. Right, like, they right, had to right, say, right. oh, well, you can take this vomit right, right, and turn right. it into perfume. And it's like, what was that person how, thinking? Hey, how hungry did the first person have to be to eat a crawfish or an oyster? 
Yeah. Yeah. Or a craft. Yeah. You had to be starving. Yeah, and I don't know starving. about this. That maybe they found it by accident. You know, I'll I'll tell y'all a quick story that the audience might find interesting, and, and it's kind of on this subject and of discovering things that have a complete different purpose than what you would think. So Rust Oleum, which is a very popular you know company worldwide right. in the in the paint industry, the way that they discovered uh, how Rust Oleum makes their paint to keep things from rusting is the founder of rust Oleum actually was a fisherman and he would take those big fishing nets and they would cut them open and all the fish would fall on the right. boat. And he noticed that everywhere the fish were hitting and staying, it wouldn't rust on the yeah. metal boat. And so actually that it's the oils from the fish and yeah. fish oils naturally are a rust corrosive preventative. Crazy. And so that's actually how Rust-Oleum started. I got one more for you, and uh, y'all will find this interesting. You know how Viagra got discovered? How? the uh, They were doing a clinical trial for blood pressure medicine, and then this guy, and this is true crime related, this guy broke into the lab and stole all the samples. He was one of his test subjects, yeah. and they got him. They asked him, so why'd you do it? What are you doing? I mean, this is blood pressure medicine he said no it gives me the best direction i've ever had in my entire life and that's when they started looking at it for that and that's how all the ed medicine is that true started. i swear to god that's true look it up <laughs> look it up hey, look yeah. you learn it all on real life or right. crime daily y'all okay that was back-to-back segments that had absolutely nothing to do with crime yet did that, you that was did you crime? notice he how i sat back quietly he, i didn't object to those hey, ridiculous hey, segments that had nothing hey, to do had with what we're here for and i just want people to take that the into guy got arrested account. it's just being still our listeners love just he's, he's famous should be polite. famous worldwide they should have a national holiday for that day <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. very good so, all right back to true crime back to true crime mother admitting that that had nothing to do with <laughs> A woman and daughter in Maryland have been charged in the death and dismemberment of the woman's mother and daughter's grandmother. Again, cutting people up. 44-year-old Candace Craig and her daughter, 19-year-old Celia Hardy, were arrested Friday. Officers responded to a Landover home in the afternoon for a welfare check after someone called 911 saying they had not heard from the 71-year-old grandmother. Officers said they were greeted at the door by Candace Craig, who allowed the officers to search the home for Margaret Craig. When officers entered the basement, they said they immediately smelled an odor of a decomposing body and yep. called additional units to investigate. Smell. Three separate bags of remains were found by the officers. A chainsaw was used in the dismemberment, Jeez, followed by burning parts of the body on a grill mm. and in a bonfire to dispose of it. The evidence, along with witness interviews, suggest Candace Craig murdered her mother. She appears to have been helped by her daughter the next day in an attempt to dispose of the remains. Candace Craig has been charged with first and second degree murder. Hardy has been charged with accessory after the fact, and both are currently in custody. Yeah. They barbecued their grandmother. It's unreal. Yeah, the... All the things I've seen, all the bad shit, and I had the one guy who, who cut up. His mama let this transient stay on the couch, and she left to go to work, and she came home, and he was cutting them up in the bathtub. And again, I, I know how to clean things, animals, and process and all that. I just I cannot imagine cutting up a human body. Well, especially grandma. Yeah. And then, and and then putting her on think, the green egg. And I hate, I was going to say, I hate and I always wonder what human flesh tastes like, but I hate to, you have to, <laughs> you have to think that they had to have a bite of it if they're going to barbecue her. I have never wondered what a human flesh well, just, tastes you ever, like. You ever, you ever burn yourself and, ju- and just get a whiff? I mean, we don't oh, yeah. smell good yeah. burning. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, I mean, the, the, the fat in the human body is that bright yellow orange after all the autopsies I've been to. It's not like it's, you know, good white marble in a, in a ribeye, right? So mm. I don't get it. Ugh, sorry, uh, Grandma. Yeah, that's crazy. So Florida, let's do it. Florida people, listen to this. Police arrested a 36-year-old man this week on suspicion of fatally 
beating and stabbing his 64-year-old mother. We seem to be in the 60s today, y'all. Officers respond to 911 call where they found Connie Cuesta deceased. At the scene, officers met with the victim's spouse and the victim's son, Sean Cuesta, who were outside the home. The victim's spouse reportedly told officers he discovered his wife unconscious on the master bedroom floor with no shirt and her pants lowered to her knees, and she was cold to the touch. The spouse called a family friend who went to the home and also saw Connie's body. A neighbor reportedly told police that on June 11th from around 10 a.m. until early evening, he heard loud banging and yelling coming from the family's apartment. Police said a neighbor alerted the victim's spouse about the noises and called law enforcement. Police interviewed Sean Cuesta, noticing visible scratches on his arms and an illustration to his forehead. He had reportedly lived with his mother on and off for many years, and he had been staying with her for the past several weeks. Cuesta told investigators he was with his mother all day, and he left sometime between 5 to 7 p.m. to buy some food. Police say, however, that... He and his mother got into an argument that eventually turned physical and Cuesta threw items inside the apartment before striking his mother in the head with blunt objects, including empty wine bottles that were found by her body. One of the empty wine bottles had a towel wrapped around the neck, which ultimately resulted in the victim's death. After he hid his mother, Cuesta used a knife to stab her four times in the temple, and police recovered a knife which was in his backpack. The victim's extensive injuries caused her to bleed excessively, and any head wound does, but temple wound, come on, y'all, um, caused her to bleed excessively onto the floors of the living room and the master bedroom. Uh, he tried to clean up the blood with a towel and a rag before he showered and fled the scene. Um, following his interview with police, Cuesta went to his aunt's house, his aunt became concerned about his behavior and called police who transported him to the Citrus Health Facility. His aunt then went into the North Miami Police Department station and told investigators that on Cuesta called her from a gas station landline and said, I killed my mm-hmm. mother. There it is. Police then took him into custody, and he remains no bond. Beat. Her killed to her death with it. wine bottles, yeah. and then and then wow. I had that happen on uh, on that case. Um, monsters, whether they beat her till they broke the bottle, and then they beat her with a vase and broke it too. But the the, the stabbing in the temple four times, you meant business, yeah. This overkill. It's your mama, mamas, grandmamas, everybody's dropping on this episode, yeah. Real life, real crime, not society. Let's go to Alabama, where Alabama. a woman um, vanished nearly two years ago, and now another woman is accused of pushing her off a cliff. Mm. An Alabama woman is behind bars for allegedly kidnapping and pushing a woman off a cliff nearly two years ago. This is according to multiple news reports coming out of Alabama. Loretta K. Carr, age 43, was arrested Sunday on a capital murder charge in connection with the death of Mary Elizabeth Isbell Wright, according to local news outlets. The 37-year-old was reported missing in January of 2022. She was last seen driving a dark-colored Jeep. Hartzell police said in a Facebook post that Wright vanished in November of 2021 and uh, was known to live in DeKalb County, Alabama. According to a criminal complaint, Carr is accused of kidnapping Isbell in October of 2021 and intentionally causing her death by pushing her off a cliff. Why she wasn't reported missing until uh, several months later is unknown. Carr is being held in DeKalb County Jail without bond. So they obviously have a lot of evidence on her to hold her, but they're not really telling us much. Carr's attorneys have requested a preliminary hearing after claiming prosecutors don't have enough evidence to charge their client with capital murder. 
Authorities have not released any other information about the case, including how Carr was allegedly tied to the crime or how the two women even crossed paths. So, I mean, that's just really strange. Which, which that county did you say in Alabama? It's uh, uh, DeKalb. The same. D-K-L-B. Right? Yeah, just like yeah. they have in, in, in Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, I just I, I know something about this. I just can't remember what it was. Hold on. Okay, you know something about the case. Well, I'll say I'll say this about uh, Mike in regards to why they're not. Re- I, I think I'm seeing a trend with uh, police agencies really holding a lot more evidence than they used to. You know, under the cuff. Uh, we saw it with the uh, serial killer in Idaho, where up until the day they caught him, they were acting like they didn't even have a suspect. Um, definitely different situation here, but it could be uh, police all over the country are kind of learning from that case that, you know, we're, we're going to be really, I don't know if stingy is the right word, but we're going to be really careful with what we release even after we have someone in custody until they stay in trial. Well, and yeah. they get they get worried about polluting uh, uh, juries with you know yeah. with, with some of that. Then so. you end up on podcasts like ours, and <laughs> all right, all right. so you know. uh, the reason I knew I, I just was placing my head. I used to live in Chattanooga, uh, Chattanooga for a long time, and this is in the cab is in the northeastern corners say so you but i had to drive through it to get chattanooga but but you know what it's most famously known for it's the sock sock capital of the world what's that the 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 cab cab county yeah really the hosiery and socks but but that's crazy but it's mountainous it's not you know you have southern alabama you have like the the black plains and all that but uh but up there i was in fort mccullin which is now shut down in Anniston, Alabama, which is in the northeastern part also. And I say mountains. Well, it's like, you know. Like Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but much bigger. Yeah. The mountains are much bigger. It's just like, like Lookout Mountain uh, uh, in Chattanooga. Yeah, everybody is familiar with that. It's just, so when you say they shoved her off the cliff, that's legit shit. But you had to get up there. Yeah. We're going to find out something else about this. That's a good point. Go huh? Lookout Mountain. Maybe get up there. Yeah, I've been there. So I used to drive through Chattanooga mm. all the time. Chattanooga is a great town. Okay, so I had some of my best times. So you take that I twenty four from Nashville to Chattanooga, and about a hundred miles out, you start seeing the signs, and then every mile yeah, until you get <laughs> yeah. To, and and the the marketing angle is C seven states. Yep, you can actually C seven states. Yep. From well, maybe you can on a clear okay, day, but yeah. okay, maybe you can't, but. It's not like it's Bugs Bunny and you're looking at a map when you no. get up there and they show you the border of it's North not Carolina. Drawn out, it's not drawn out. So how the f do you know that you're seeing seven states? Yet it's a magnet yeah. for just sucking cars off of the I-24 yeah. to go because you got to go take. Don't oh, you have it's to take a hell of a ride to get to the top of Lookout Mountain. I can tell you that. If you, you take like a uh, there's a trolley like that a, does it something. Too. But even to get to that point, it's a hell ski of a lift. ride to get up there. Yeah, so yeah. you're taking one of those things. All the way up there, and you get to the top, and all you see is green land. How the hell do you know that there are yeah. seven states that are within I don't your know. field? I'm sure somebody figured it it's, out. You uh, just got to trust them. They probably put up <laughs> smoke uh, signals in each state way back in the day. Okay, that's uh, yeah, but that, Arkansas. You know, yeah. you know how I, analytical Mike is, I and that kept is. him up nights. No, I've, I've, I've <laughs> driven out through a lot of the United States, so I've seen a lot of the you know the biggest tourist traps out there like you know go see right. the the biggest ball of yarn whatever right, 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 right. that one i think is the because it's the combination of that and and rock city like what's yes, the big rock city is another one yeah so what, what do you what, what's that rock city i don't know I, I, you know rocks what? the uh i don't have a problem scuba diving to you know 100 plus feet but i do not like going down in this case yeah that uh i I don't even think it's claustrophobic. I think it's like when they turn the light out and you yeah. literally can't see shit and you're like, holy shit, I'm fucked. It can yeah. get tight in there though, yeah. Well, apologies to Chattanooga people. But, I love Because I know, hey, I know I tons there. of people are moving on in. East Brainerd Road in Chattanooga and I'm probably still famous back there. I went to school with a lot of guys from Chattanooga. Yeah. But, um, Is there really uh, a Chi Chi? 
Uh, yes, yeah, there's yeah. really a, yeah. that's another that's a great, tourist yeah, trap. Off great, yeah. So it, they they mastered the tourist they, trap. They were they, they were on the cutting edge of tourist traps, and nothing was they uh, party and chatted. It was better like than lookout mountain seven days a week. Well, there, there you anyway. go. All right. Well, so, city of Chattanooga, send us some tourist great, money. <laughs> great, great city. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. What? You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. All right, Miss Stephanie, we'll do that. It is a mile high crime for Monday. An Air France passenger is seeing red. After he came across a blood-soaked patch of carpet on his flight from Paris to Toronto and said he was forced to clean up the biohazard by himself. Yes, journalist Habib Bata described his horror when he noticed that his belongings came into contact with a previous passenger's blood. How do you not notice blood? I've seen a few things in my life, but the horrific blood-soaked carpet on my Air France plane yesterday was another level. An hour into the transatlantic flight from Paris to Toronto, I kept smelling something gross, and I couldn't figure it out. When he looked down, he noticed a large blood stain. To make matters worse, it was wet to the touch. At first, the Air France attendant shrugged and gave him some wipes. The wipes came up blood red, and he used over a dozen of them. He said he removed his backpack from under the seat in front of him and noticed that the strap was also soaked. Mm. The crew gives him some gloves and some additional wipes for him to scrub the floor. I'm not touching you dudes yourself. Yeah, so one flight attendant mentioned that the previous passenger had internal bleeding and infection and had hemorrhaged. So Air France released a statement saying, hi, this particular matter is being taken into account and you will be contacted by our team as soon as possible. This after he sent a message, obviously, to complain about the fact that he had to clean up the blood stain on this plane, uh, a wet one at that. So he responds back and he thanked the airline for responding, but wrote, this is not a customer service issue. It's a biohazard. There is fresh human blood on your aircraft. Shit, they knew about it. You may have exposed me and other passengers to this disease. We need to know the condition of the sick passengers ASAP. Right. Air France. Had no further comment. Uh, you know, another airline. I'm never going to go on. Uh, but how snooty, how snooty are the French? Up. I mean, that's yeah, just right, perfect right. French. Yeah, sure, uh, yeah, it's just a little blood. Shut up and get back in your yeah, seat. Stupid like American. <laughs> but but they told him the person before you had a had an injury, and we knew about it. And yeah, I don't know, maybe. That's Here like is a poster. cheese plate. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that poster with the. Mike has a pretty good yeah, French, French accent. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's got that part. Although, although uh, it has become unanimous that you have to do South Asian for now on because I, I, people were just dying at his pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> but back to it, I'm serious. I would be fucking pissed. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's really you, you gotta tell me that well, the person before you had an abscess or something and they bled all over the seat. Here's some shit, clean it up. I'd be like, fuck that. Well, I mean, that's a, that, guy, that, guy, that guy died. I mean, yeah. That, so, I mean, I don't know that he died. They said well, he had so a, he hemorrhaged and, yeah. and all that blood on the fucking uh, guy's probably dead. I mean, well, why okay. would you clean it the fuck up? Because we don't have to, you silly English. We have no time. We, yeah. we, uh, uh, we serve you brie and get you there on time. Call them American fries. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's your mile high crime yeah. for today. That's that they fighting in the streets in France all holiday, too. Did you see all that, that stuff? Yeah, they move freely yeah. around the country. I don't even know there were, uh, so how stupid I am. I, I didn't even know that there were a bunch of Muslims in in. France, France, right? France. Now, They're happened. all over Europe now. You're the international correspondent. Uh, well, okay. I got to study up. Sorry. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? 
Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash R-L-R-C. Kinky Crime. It's time. It is time for Kinky Crimes on Monday. Now, y'all, you like to play, like, card games and stuff like that? I mean, I like to play poker and stuff, but, like, you get together with friends and play board games and shit? Yeah, sure. sure. All right, well, so I bet you haven't played this one. Mm. Uh, um, so check this out. A Texas couple was arrested after a manager at a restaurant noticed the two engaging in oral sex in a booth Ooh. in front of other customers. Jonathan Hightower and LaShonda Fisher were arrested Sunday and charged with public lewdness. The crime is punished by up to a year behind bars and a $4,000 fine. But police respond to the Baby Acapulco restaurant in North Austin. (laughs) Sounds like a classy joint. I think I've probably been there in North Austin. That's where I saved so long for polygraph school. But anyway, the Baby Acapulco (laughs) restaurant in North Austin Saturday where a security officer at the restaurant said the two suspects had left the restaurant and gone into a gas station next door. So they're on the lam, right? Eventually, the police found the couple and an arrest was made. Witnesses told police they saw the two engaging in oral sex for five minutes at their booth. People were allegedly... I'm very offended by the behavior of the suspects. <laughs> During the investigation, police spoke to, to witnesses who said they saw Hightower and Fisher engaging in oral sex again for about five minutes after the booth. I wonder if both of them were doing it. It was like a 69. But anyway, have a good back mm, to that. When police questioned a the couple, they said they were attempting to spice up their sex life and were playing a card game. Oh, right. Shout by games yeah. where each each date night you flip over a card and perform the dare revealed on the card. <sighs> I made my money get a set of these. I made right? get a set of these myself. In, in this instance, a couple said the actual dare called for sex in public restaurant, mm. but they didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and they've both been released on bond. The uh, I don't know. I mean. I definitely think it has to be both ways. Yeah. I mean, do it in a public restaurant. Baby Acapulco. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Baby Acapulco is an Austin tradition for almost 40 years. I think I've been there. Oh, here's a couple. Family owned and operated. Yeah, you can't you can't go into the go. Uh, baby Acapulco and uh, and start doing so, doing that. Just, uh, they but, probably got on top of the table and did like a sixty nine before the appetizer thing. He said oral sex. Maybe that she mistook change. something for a hot tamale. Or maybe he mistook something for a taco. I don't know, but that is 
kinky, kinky cries for I wonder what some of them other cards dared you to do. I don't know. I gotta, Sounds like an interesting game. Interesting game. If anybody knows the name of that game, yeah, pass, message us. That's one game we the, won't be playing on Real Life Real Crime. <laughs> Sanctioned or not. Yeah. And it's now to Aga, who's still curiously trying to look at the card. You didn't go, call for banjos. Go, we just gave you banjos. Go on to someone else. I'm looking at the baby Acapulco menu. Uh, <laughs> um, Tacos and tamales. No, they had a, they had a photos from the restaurant. I was just wondering if this couple was going to be in any of their photos, and apparently sure. they, the, they didn't make the that's cut. That's probably no. a good marketing skill for them. I'm going to take you to a place that I bet you guys – didn't Kokomo? know I once lived. Kokomo. <laughs> it's not Kokomo. It's the state of Connecticut. Connecticut. You lived in Connecticut? I did. Is that the Granite State? I don't yeah. know. Pretty sure. I think so. Granite State. I'll look it up for you. Nutmeg or something? and nope, Something so, about yeah. first to sign the Constitution? I don't know. First of all, I have to figure out how to spell Connecticut. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's two N's. E-C-T-I-C-U-T. Well, while Woody's doing that. Okay, yeah, you got while Woody's doing that, hit my banjos again because I was looking at the baby uh, Acapulco. There you go. Okay, so a Connecticut woman was arrested on Saturday for driving while intoxicated. Yeah, happens all the time. That does happen all the time, so that shouldn't qualify her for banjos, should it? Mm. Not so far. No, it shouldn't. But what would qualify her for banjos is if she headed to the liquor store right after that and then got arrested again for the same exact crime. In the same day? Yeah, I mean, back to back, right? Oh, there, that's right? banjo. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was New Hampshire, it's Granite State. I got that wrong. <laughs> Live free or die. Yeah. Okay, so do you want me to tell you about the Connecticut woman again so you can engage? So she... She's drunk. (laughs) And she got drunk again. Yeah, she went and got more stuff and got drunk again. And so she got two DUIs back-to-back. In the same night? Yeah. Uh, They're not supposed to do that. Yeah, no, they're not. So um, (laughs) Ellen Needleman O'Neill... I don't know why you'd use the Needleman, Ellen. Just go with Ellen O'Neill. 64 crashed a 2012... 64 years old. Everybody in their 60s today. Crashed a 2012 Lexus sedan into a parked car around 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, and police said that they could smell alcohol on the woman's breath. Mm. O'Neill then failed. Actually, they, it has to be said, the odor of an alcoholic beverage, because you can't smell alcohol. But go, go, I'm just telling you. Thanks for that. Penis miter and the sword. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so O'Neill then failed the field sobriety test. And a later test showed that she had a blood alcohol level of 0.23, nearly triple the legal limit. She was charged with DUI and possession of a controlled substance for a painkiller that was discovered inside her purse. I don't know if that comes into play or not. Six hours after being released, O'Neill headed to a liquor store. Nice. Cops pulled her over and brought her to the station house where she blew again a, well... She was barely over the limit the second time, Don't but matter. I already still had over to, limits, still over had to get her. So she barely. So your body one. processes out one drink an hour, right? And uh, uh, so so she got six drinks she's got out of her. Six hours, six drinks out of her. So she went from point two three, which is fucked up, down to what a point? Well, which she she zero nine or something. It's unclear what additional alcohol she had. She just got. You know, she didn't just have to have any more because once, was once you quit drinking, your BAC still goes up for a while, right? Yeah, you know, like you quit drinking for the next hour and a half, your shit's still going up. Yeah, so and then it starts processing out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should tell you that you if the, you blow that high that you can't drive again for ten hours or whatever. But well, they, uh, they, sh- they shouldn't have let her. But she's going to be in court on August third, and that should be entertaining. But. Uh, but you know what, though? That is truly is a dumb criminal. But she had it on her mind. She's going to get tight. Two DWIs in one day. I, I don't, I've never heard of that. That's a dumb Oh, actually, I did. Have, we have one that got released and then went and killed Oh, somebody. oh, oh, oh. We have a picture. Here we okay. go. Okay. And Connecticut Look women are usually... 60-something uh, years old. Lookism. Intelligent. It's like a deed. <laughs> looks <laughs> like a dude. Dude looks like a lady. Is that the... Yeah. Uh-huh. Aerosmith reference? Um, yeah. No. 
banjos. Banjos. That was, that was a, a dumb one. criminal. That was like, a good one, Mike. We're dumb. Not really. What? You didn't pay any attention. I did. You're still you're trying to get it. back on my good graces after dissing my oh, special report. Okay. It's been a little while. I need this in my life. They now stole we, what? Normally it would be a they stole what? what? But today it's a they smuggled what? Smuggled it. That's what? right. Cheating the segment? A man is smuggling? busted smuggling dozens of live birds in hair curlers at the JFK airport. Uh, birds is a big deal. That's right. Yeah, they make noise. Hard That's to get right. them to keep quiet. I know, but that, that people try to get them in because yep. they're like real rare, exotic shit. We're going to get into that. that. That's right. This smuggler redefined flying cheap after getting busted Sunday at the John F. Kennedy International Airport with 29 live birds concealed Holy inside of shit. hair rollers. <laughs> the 26-year-old from Guinea was en route to New Jersey. Jizzy, as Mike would say. What? When you say Jizzy? Yeah, but you, JFK en route to New Jersey? Well, he was en route to New Jersey. Oh, he landed. He got busted at JFK. Where he landed. Where he landed. Coming in from New Guinea or something. Yeah, shit, right? so he so landed he at JFK. He he's going to rent a car and drive to Jersey. But he had to go get through customs, evidently, is the yes. problem here. Yeah. Yes. So they ask you, do you have any food items or live animals or anything like that? Right. So he goes in with his hair rollers. And uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection uncovered the finches during a luggage inspection. Finches? Finches. The would-be trafficker was flown back to Guinea Monday while the critters were quarantined and handed over to the U.S. Department of Agriculture for Veterinary Services. Now, although these hair-raising smuggling methods might sound hilarious... U.S. Customs takes bird trafficking very it's seriously. A it's a high-dollar high business. High-dollar business and the threat of bird flu right. possibly right. coming into the United right. States. And and so I watched the, um, one of the few shows I've watched because I find it fascinating is uh, – where they're at these airports, the customs people, all the people they bust, mm-hmm. and, you know, where they ingest, swallow the stuff. But the people bringing in birds is a big fucking deal. They have like orders for these rare exotic birds, and even from that part of the world or wherever, and so they'll get them in, and mm-hmm. certain percentage get percentage get through, and they deliver them to New York or you know wherever they're going. Right. Yeah. Payday. Yeah. Okay. So. Do they drug the bird? How do they keep the birds quiet? I don't know. It, uh, I've seen them busting for birds. <laughs> and, and were they carry on or were they? No, they were in his luggage. Well, it could be carry on. They carry on, probably. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll be like, get your. Well, I don't know. Carry they check, on 26 they check all birds your shit and keep got, them quiet on a 10 so, hour look, international flight. You are so fucked if those guys are on to you because they were waiting for you to come through customs. They're like, and Mike and I were watching you from like 20 different angles. They have a tip about yeah. whatever it may be, and they're like, they wait, wait for him to come through. And they'd be like, yeah. hey, sir. Yeah, and you know, where, Mike, where you Mike wouldn't be today? making, yeah. I, trying not to make eye contact right. and act natural. Where are you traveling from today? Then, you, yeah. you got any, where are you going? Oh, well, you mind stepping over here for a moment? Yeah. What is that? And a finch thought, in your yeah, hair roller? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you have anything in your bag that, yeah. oh, did anybody give you these bags? Oh, no, those are my bags. I mean, you're mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah. That was a good That's one. Right. I freaked out once when uh, I was going through customs at Montreal Airport, and the uh, the guy looks at my, uh, my license. I was living in California at the time, living in a town called Toluca Lake, and he looks at my license, and he, he goes and pulls me over to the side. Yeah. And comes over and goes, Toluca Lake? Toluca Lake? Well, yeah. He goes, Pulp Fiction, Toluca Lake. Uh, <laughs> the scene in, in Pulp yeah. Fiction where, they, all-time where they've got to give the, told ep- this story. the EpiPen to Uma yeah. Thurman, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the yeah. Uh, yeah. customs agent in Montreal yeah, thought that was great. a thought that was a big deal. I thought I was in a shitload of trouble. I didn't know why. Vince, that was a great movie. Vince by Vega. The way. I used yeah. to use Vince Vega as my alias back in the day too. What was the name of the restaurant they were at? Oh, I don't remember. But I remember Bu- Vince Vega. Buddy Holly. No. Uh, oh, you were, went for the five dollar yeah. no shade. <laughs> yeah. I didn't try that five dollar no shade. Tasty said movie. that's pretty damn good. I don't know if it's five dollars worth of good. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it, but I can't remember. You know what they call a cheeseburger and a McDonald's cheeseburger? <laughs> a a quarter pounder. Yeah. 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 
La Royale. The Royale cheese. They don't call it a quarter pounder? No, they don't know the metric system. They got the metric system. Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Anyway, we digress. Hey, we need some... They stole slash smuggle. What? That was a good one. Yeah, a little segue. Smuggling, smuggling yeah. birds. Who knew? Yeah, that's uh, it. Woody Overton knew. Woody Overton did know. Anyway, the all-knowing. I hope those birds are in the Bronx Zoo now. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sure they're somewhere. I'm going to tell Miss Jerry that they actually euthanize them. So yeah. Cover years. What do you think she doesn't care about birds. It's a me. She like there's. She, like, she hates about cats. Birds? Yeah. Loves dog. I mean, she would yeah. it, any dog doesn't matter. It's but cat. Mm. She I, hates them. I, I mean, she doesn't. We we have. There's a lot of stray cats in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. and one kind of found its way to us and thought it was our cat yeah. for a little oh, while. Yeah. And uh, the men of the house were all kind of playing into it being our cat, and you know we're feeding her <laughs> and doing stuff with it. Say somebody fed and, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and she put the she put the. Foot down. It was boot on we, that. Huh? We were looking to let the cat in the house, and other times she was like, "No, no, 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 get, <laughs> get that cat out of here." So, all right, y'all. Uh, we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Uh, look forward to the the drop, if you will, on the twenty twenty three podcast awards. Any final thoughts, Mike? Yeah, don't forget to vote. Best segment. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> stuff <laughs> I can't report. Report. Yeah, yeah. And until next time. Some. Yeah. I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Shit business. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.